Hi, I'm Melanie Barr. Welcome to the She Built It Experience with Melanie. You're here because you want to experience the life and business that you crave. Join me as I talk to women who have successfully built it, a career and business that they love. We dive into the topic of how they built it and talk about everything from having the courage to make career leaps to the details of how to lead effectively, create successful teams, implement strategies for growth, and infuse tech innovation. Magic happens when we focus on the part of ourselves and our business that brings us joy. So let's dive in. Lori Gilbertson is a former New York City sex crimes, organized crime, and homicide prosecutor, television legal analyst, educator, and entrepreneur. As the owner of Tribeca Blue Consulting, she helps professionals communicate with clarity, confidence, and creativity in their public speaking, presentations, trial work, and media appearances. In 2019, she became a member of the board of directors and helped launch Legal Entrepreneurs for Justice. Thank you so much for joining us today, Lori. Please share with us more about who you are. Melanie, thank you so much for having me. I am a former sex crimes, homicide, and criminal prosecutor turned television legal analyst, turned legal educator, turned entrepreneur. I am the founder and owner of Tribeca Blue Consulting, named for my favorite neighborhood when I used to live in New York City. And I help uh, executives, entrepreneurs, and trial lawyers communicate clearly and confidently, whether they're in the courtroom, in the boardroom, or on television. You have such an interesting background. She Built It empowers you to experience the life and business that you crave. And the question I am often asked is how? Understanding that growing a career in business is a marathon and not a sprint. Give us some tips for how you've built a career and business that you crave and how you've been able to do that. Wow. So we're starting with the the super easy questions, right? <laughs> you know, I came to entrepreneurship, I think with a really winding path. I always thought that I was going to be a career prosecutor. It was my dream job. I wanted to be from my very first day in criminal law class in law school, a criminal prosecutor in New York City. That was my dream job. I got the job um, after many, many interviews And I did it for 10 years. I loved it. I walked on air. I thought this was it. But after those 10 years, I really was burnt out seeing people at their worst, seeing the terrible things that people do to each other and realizing that I was just such a small part of trying to make their lives better. And I needed a change. And so I wound through some different career paths, both in legal education and in doing some television legal analysts work. And eventually when we kind of had a surprise move, my family and I to Denver a few years ago, and that launched me on this path to entrepreneurship. It came out of a frustration of not being able to find kind of that perfect job, that dream job that would have the skills I wanted to use, the experience that I had, and also the flexibility that I really needed for my family. I thought, well, if I can't find it, I'm going to create it for myself. And that's where it started. It's so interesting that you knew from the very beginning that you wanted to be a prosecutor. I mean, not everyone knows that. And then I love how you gave yourself permission to make a leap into something new, because we don't always do that. Sometimes we think, oh, I've worked so hard to get here. I have to stay here. But it's great that you gave yourself permission to do something different and to dream a little bit to find what it is that's right for you. Yeah, I think that permission did not come easily. 
being trained as a lawyer, it's a fairly linear training. You're really taught to think in a certain way. And as a trial lawyer, although it's super creative in so many ways, it can also be somewhat compartmentalized. And it's hard to think of things that are more different than being a lawyer and being an entrepreneur in the ways that you think. So in terms of giving myself permission to start doing that, it was really somewhat organic. I really just kind of decided you know, I'm just going to try this. I'm just going to get in there. I'm just going to try it. I didn't have a full plan. I knew exactly though what skills I had. I knew what I wanted to use. And then it was just a matter of, like you said, giving myself permission to start to craft a way that it would really work for me. And that was kind of the fun part. That was really the fun part in the beginning of starting to think like, what am I going to call this company? And what are my offerings going to be? And then who am I going to talk to? And how am I going to do this? And you asked about the how. And the how for me in jumping in was I started with um, a course called Co-Starters, which is all over the country. And it's for people who want to be entrepreneurs. And you go into this nine-week course and you get mentors and you're with other entrepreneurs. And it just exposed me to a completely, completely different world. And I started to love it. And that's where it all started. And that's what kind of gave me the impetus to keep going. Because I saw also that other people were giving themselves permission to do the same thing. Yeah, to dream and also to fail. Because sometimes we think, what if this doesn't work? And you put so much into your training and background that I'm sure making that leap was challenging. But good for you for being able to dream and saying, you know, I'm going to try this and we'll see if it works. And I'm going to keep going until I find what's right. Well, thank you. That's always nice to hear. I think as an entrepreneur, that cycle and that process of trying, failing, learning, and then trying again is one that is just constant. I think that's been one of the hardest things to get used to. It's that feeling that it's kind of a constant transition and you just get used to it. There's a video clip. I think it's a commercial and it's of Michael Jordan and it's for Nike, I think I use it in some presentations and he's talking about how many shots he tried for and failed. And then in the end, he says, I try so hard, I fail so much, and that's why I succeed. I love it. I love basketball, love him, love seeing it. I try to keep that in mind when that happens. Every time there are those little failures or even big failures that you just gotta keep trying. It's a great reminder because when we think of an idea, oh, I want to try this. The first thing that our our mind can say sometimes is, what if you don't? What if it doesn't work? So that is a great reminder of continuing to just move forward and make progress. Yeah, absolutely. And I think every entrepreneur has to deal with that at one point or another, no matter how successful you get, no matter how sometimes it can really seem like smooth sailing. I think you're kind of always on guard for what can happen when you start those new things. We're all consistently building and creating our teams, whether you have a five-person team or you oversee hundreds of people. As leaders, we are still in communication with those closest to us and communicating our business and personal brand to the world. Why do you think communication is a crucial and overlooked leadership tool? Communication is a really vulnerable thing. When you are communicating yourself, your brand, your business to the world, that can often be a really scary place to be. You're putting yourself out there. People are watching you and they're listening to you. And ultimately, people have a real fear of being judged. And they have a real fear of what their audience is going to think of them. Do do I know what I'm talking about? Do I not know what I'm talking about? You know, what are they going to think of how I look, how I sound? And 
people tend to make communication about them when really it's about your audience. So that's why I think people often overlook it as being such a powerful tool to show leadership to both internal teams, external teams, and and in the world in general, because it just strikes at some really innate fears that most people have about getting up in front of people, kind of laying yourself bare and being judged. You're right. And I think people will follow you and want to talk to you if, if you're showing your real self to the world. And that can be really hard to do. It can be. I know for me, it took a while when I started stepping out of being a trial lawyer and doing some television work. I wasn't nervous to be on live TV. I had three little kids at home. And so being on live TV where they were doing my hair and makeup, like this was like a break. This was awesome. Like nobody, nobody can bother me. This is nobody can talk to me. I look like I've had sleep. This is awesome. Um, So I wasn't nervous about that part, but it took a long time for me to get out of kind of that trial lawyer persona, that advocate. And what one of the court TV hosts told me was just to kind of loosen up and be myself Mm -hmm. and just let that shine through. And it's one thing to think about it. It's another to get comfortable with it. And it took me a long time to kind of break free of that persona that I was able to put on and start really being myself. That's hard. Yeah, I see how that would be the case because I would assume you put on a, a certain kind of armor when you went in to court to represent your clients, but also to protect yourself from the stories and everything that you were hearing and experiencing every day. Yeah, I was not so good at protecting myself from that. I'm really empathetic and it was very difficult for me to separate kind of the trauma that I was seeing all the time and compartmentalize it and then just go home and not think about it. You know, I tried and, you know, it worked and and, and eventually it was, it was fine. But there is a part of you that has to really try to put yourself in the perspective of, of the people who are victims of crimes and the crimes that I was prosecuting. And also in that whole idea of being a prosecutor is about doing justice. It's not just about taking a case and, and winning it. And also putting looking at the perspective of what was going on too from the defense point of view and really figuring out what is the fairest resolution of each case. And so there is a certain armor that goes up. There was the professional prosecutor, trial lawyer. I think most people have professional persona but it's probably emphasized more when you're in court every day. And I bet your empathetic side made you a great lawyer. Putting yourself in the shoes of your client, communicating with the other side. I think that empathy, much as, as you were saying, communication can be a real overlooked leadership tool. Empathy is one as well. Empathy allows you to form connection. You know, it allowed me to form a connection with people who besides my job, I probably would have never come into contact with or had the opportunity to meet or to be put in the position of trying to help through a difficult time. So that empathy, that kind of lowering of the armor a little bit and um, being empathetic allowed me to make those connections, which when you take it a few steps further, it allows people who have been traumatized to feel comfortable taking the stand and telling a jury about it or people who have gone through a difficult situation, it allows them the ability to open up about it and get some help and talk to someone like me who may have been in a position to do that. Mm-hmm. You are a former New York City sex crime, organized crime, and homicide prosecutor. I can imagine the experiences and all of the stories that you've heard. 
Share with us your knowledge and thoughts on the criminal justice system. Oh my goodness, another super easy question. (laughs) It has been really interesting to see a lot of the changes that have gone on in the world since I left that field and to watch it in a different way. I got to watch in a different way commenting on cases. And especially now I've been able to see it in a different way just through all of the civil rights movements that are going on recently. There are so many court cases in the news these days, some of them extremely controversial. And what I think has been wonderful about a lot of that, it is bringing the things that were previously shielded from view, although trials are public, you know, and that's in the constitution, it's bringing it into the public view and it's really allowing for some reform that's necessary in terms of the way judges work, the way prosecutors work, the way juries work and trying to eliminate some bias you know, some real inherent bias in the system. Yeah. And it seems like with video and social media today, I'm sure that brings in another entire element to cases. Oh my gosh. It really, it really does. It gives it widespread, just a widespread view um, to people who may not have ever um, thought about or been a part of any of these kinds of issues. The right to, you know, a trial. It's ingrained in our legal system. It's ingrained in our constitution, Um, but it's not something people really think about until they're faced with something like on social media, like crimes that are videotaped, like when people see those injustices right in front of them, it can spur them to action. And that's just going to be important for the criminal justice system moving forward. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I have twins who just turned eight, and it was fun to learn that you have (laughs) twins also. Uh, I think about the effect of social media and what it has on kids and the effects it has on all of us. What are your thoughts on being a digital minimalist? Oh, yes. I'm looking right now on the even the books I have holding up my my computer that we're talking on um, is my book, Digital Minimalism. I have twins also. Mine are 14 a boy and a girl. And then I also have a 16 year old son. Something I never thought as kind of a digital minimalist that I would ever want to do is during the pandemic, my 14 year old daughter wanted an outlet. She was home. She was, um, you know, doing school at home. She was going a little crazy. And she asked if she could start a YouTube channel. She's a dancer and she's a gymnast and, and she loves video and she just wanted to do something. And I thought about it and I thought, okay, go ahead. And through that, she learned how to take video, how to edit video, what kinds of things would be interesting on video. She met kids from all over the country and forged relationships that she never would have without that. So it opened my mind. And I think for business these days, there's some things you need. You really do have to embrace the wonderful things it can do while being kind of cognizant of how ultimately it can be totally distracting, Mm -hmm. right? Like you get on social media and 20 minutes are gone like (laughs) that, right? Yes. Yes. I schedule (laughs) in certain times to be on social. That way I'm not getting lost in the scroll. Right. That is so smart. I ask this question at the end of every episode because I believe it's so important to bring joy that is meaningful to us into our daily lives and our lives over time. Magic happens when we focus on the part of ourselves and our business that brings us joy. What is one tip that you can leave with us today about how you find and live your joy? I love that question. We don't think about joy enough 
I think we just get caught up in life and, and forget about the joy of living. When I started my business and I was feeling all those entrepreneur feelings, exhilaration, excitement, doubt, everything, I adopted the Nike motto that you see that says, just do it, just do it. And so that's what I started doing. And I am a lifelong procrastinator. If anyone can think of a reason not to do something and not to get started, I am I'm a pro at that. So I just told myself, that is my motto, just do it. And I started applying that to business. I had a client who came in and he asked for a different service. He wanted some trial coaching. I had never done it before, but I thought, oh, that sounds okay. We did it. It went great. And I thought, oh, this would be a great offering. So I'm launching trial coaching as part of my business. And I just thought, I'm just going to do it. And then I try to apply that to life too, especially during the pandemic. I thought, what would bring me actually that joy and that happiness? What are some things I want to do? So I started meditating, something I wanted to try. My daughter made complete fun of me, but I took an adult ballet class because I always wanted to do it. I love it. (laughs) And as a twin mom, I can completely understand meditating and doing something for you. Yes. We'll say like you do it for you. And ultimately that makes you better for other people. And it's better in your business, you're a better mom, better with your family. And that's all well and good. And it's true. But I think doing it, as you said, just for you to bring that magic and joy to you is so important. I would encourage people listening, just do it. Whatever it is, whatever's in your mind, whatever you think is going to spark some bit of joy in you, even if you're not sure, just do it and see what happens. You have built an incredible career. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please tell our listeners how and where they can find you. Absolutely. First, thank you so much for having me. I've just loved our conversation. If you are really interested in exploring how to elevate your communication so you can take advantage of every opportunity that's out there for you, you can find some information on my website. It's TribecaBlueConsulting.com and just sign up for a free consultation. I'd love to chat with you um, about what you're looking for and see if I can be of help. I also love to connect with people on LinkedIn. Um, it's so much fun just to, to meet new people, learn about new businesses. Um, feel free to reach out to me there as well. If you are new to She Built It, we'd love for you to join us. We offer community memberships, masterminds, innovative virtual events, and meaningful connections to entrepreneurs and corporate leaders. Please also check out our She Built It shop, curated products from women-owned businesses who put their heart and soul into their beautiful and innovative products. We offer She Built It business consulting and the She Built It blog. Thank you to everyone around the world who joined today. Thank you to my editor, Rich Strefolino. Please download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, together, let's let nothing stop us from experiencing the life that we crave.